Welcome to Be Advised, Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart. In this podcast, we will focus on successful marketing methods for advisors that generate prospects and clients. We will learn from the best in the industry on how advisors in the trenches today are growing their practices. Join us for this journey where Brad draws from years of expertise and guest experts to help advisors reach their full potential. Persuasive communication. It's a skill that can make the difference in sales and marketing. In this episode of the Be Advised Leading with Value podcast, your host Brad Swinehart of White Glove talks to someone who knows how to make that difference happen. Dr. Mary Beth Kosmeski is rated a top 25 C-suite speaker by Meetings and Conventions magazine. She specializes in marketing, sales, and persuasive communication strategies for high-achieving professionals. Her clients include financial services companies, Fortune 500 companies, women's organizations, and industry associations. Now, Brad, Dr. Kosmeski is also an author several times over and has her own consulting firm, Red Zone Marketing. And I do believe Mary Beth wrote a novel with her daughter. So we'll talk about that at some point during this interview. Mary Beth, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is great. I know that you have recently run a ton of surveys to your advisor base, which is thousands of advisors. Let's get right into some of that data of 2020. What is working? You know, you're talking to successful advisors. You're talking to advisors that struggled this year. Let's get into that data and that those survey results and see what did you find? What kind of gems can we uncover? Yeah, so we asked all kinds of questions about how advisors are running their practices and, you know, not just marketing, but all sorts of practice management. But specifically in marketing, everything's really changed. I mean, advisors have been used to face to face, and now there's been this impetus of virtual everything, right? So now we have to do virtual prospecting, virtual meetings, virtual events, virtual seminars. When we started doing the survey back in May, we've done four rounds of the survey so far. When we started doing it in May, no one really thought that they would be doing any virtual meetings. That that wasn't even, it didn't even really show up on the radar too much. But now it's one of the top marketing strategies, especially for top producers, virtual events. You look at how everything has changed. It really has changed. And the thing of it is, is I don't think it's going to go back. I don't think it's necessarily going to go, well, once everybody gets the vaccine, we're just going to um, start start to go back to the way it was before. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. And we see that also from what the clients are saying about whether or not they want to attend an in-person meeting or an in-person event and clients are getting used to, even though there's this Zoom fatigue, if you will, um, clients are getting used to um, meeting very conveniently uh, via computer. You know, we've seen the same thing in, in very early Q1, early Q2 of this year. We saw some advisors jump right in and say, hey, you know what, we need to adapt to virtual because this thing might hang on. But more interestingly, we saw the consumer demand increase and that they were willing to meet virtually. And I totally agree. I think there's that that level of Zoom fatigue. And when the vaccine comes out, people start getting back out and they can do more things in person, live. There's going to be this surge where they never want to see a Zoom meeting again. But once that dies down, that initial, ooh, I can get out and do things again, they're going to remember the convenience of meeting professionals virtually, attending webinars to learn information that they're 
that they're have this strong thirst to hear. And I don't think you can ever unring that bell. No, I, I don't think so either. And, and part of the part of the thing is, you know, in some of the large metropolitan areas, it is traffic is very difficult. Well, it had been, you know, extremely difficult. An advisor would put on an event or even just try to schedule a review with a client. And they're like, oh no, we do not want to come and drive and spend an hour and a half in traffic. And no, we don't want to do it. And now the clients have recognized that they don't need to do that. If we look at the statistics, advisors are for the most part back in their offices right now. Maybe not their whole team, but but for the most part, they're back in their offices. Uh, but the clients that they're meeting with, they're still meeting with them phone and virtual and not necessarily in person. Very low number meeting with their clients in person. And what they're doing is very different than what the clients want in some respects. So I think that there's still a great deal of fear and everything else out there. But I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to change. I think that we've we've got to look at maybe a hybrid marketing model moving forward in 2021. And I hear that a lot from advisors that they want to meet prospects in person. They want to meet clients in person because that's how they're used to doing it. That's how they're comfortable. They know how to, you know, they know how to interact when they have that person sitting in front of them, but they're struggling to connect via Zoom. But on the opposite side, you have consumers that want to meet that way. They're comfortable. They want to sit at home. They know it's safe. They, they know that, hey, I don't have to get in the car. This is great. So advisors are going to have to adapt. I totally agree. What is one thing in the survey that really stood out to you that was surprising that you maybe didn't see coming? I work with so many advisors and we work with a lot of top producers and they're very confident. And, and the thing that I was surprised about in this survey, because we looked at advisors across the board from all states and just literally across the United States, all different levels of production, there's not a lot of confidence with virtual prospect meetings. We took that as a, oh my gosh, here's an, here's an opportunity to, and I've done a report on it and some other things, to figure out what are the best practices to close more sales. Because when we asked them, are you doing virtual prospect meetings? The answer was yes. When we asked them, are you comfortable doing it? The answer was somewhat. And when we asked them, are you closing sales? the number went down pretty significantly. So they're they're not comfortable yet with doing this different thing. Like you said, they like to meet face-to-face. -face. That's how they've grown up in this business. And all of a sudden there's this technology and you know, doing a virtual meeting, a one-on-one -on -one meeting or a group meeting has to be very different than if you are face-to-face -face with somebody and you've got to take into account what, what should we be doing to make this better so that we can make that connection quicker with that prospect and find a way to close that sale. And we've seen the same thing. We've seen advisors needing to adapt to the virtual presentations. And I think their comfort level has come up this year just out of sheer lack of options. The only way they're gonna see new prospects is virtually, so they have to adapt to it. But one of the things that we consistently hear is, well, I'm more comfortable in person. I, I know how to interact with my audience in person, but there's so many benefits of doing things virtually that advisors oftentimes overlook. You know, you can provide a calendar directly to a participant of a webinar during the webinar. You know, you can't do that in a live seminar. You have to try to corral them as they're bolting for the door to try to get that fact finder. But during a webinar, you can push that right through the chat. Say, hey, you know what? If, if this 
or this idea resonated with you, book right now on my calendar and we can talk about that. And we're seeing advisors that'll do three or four calls to action throughout addressing the tactical thinkers, the emotional thinkers, and using the tech as a tool as opposed to seeing it as a hindrance. So what we found is, and I don't know if you've seen the same thing, you have a, a lot more data into this, but we've seen that the, per, that the closing rate of virtual meetings is higher than the closing rate of in-person meetings. So we dug deeper into our survey results and we asked advisors, okay, you're doing these virtual events. How many people are showing up? What's actually happening? And the percentage of the people that are there that are actually closing is higher than the, the old chicken dinner, plate liquor, if you will, kind of people who are coming for the dinner. They're not coming for the dinner. They're coming for the information. There is not anything else. And we found that the closing rates are much higher. So you might get 20 people on your webinar while you might get 50 people in your in-person seminar when you could do that, uh, but you're closing a higher percentage of the people that happen to be in that room. Is that what you guys are seeing? What we've seen at White Glove is the advisors that are willing to adapt and really dive into virtual, they are closing business. They are seeing that success. The ones that are sediment that are just locked in their ways of they they doing the same presentation they would at a dinner event that they are struggling and it is it's a it's a total mind shift that you have to adapt and the advisors that are cutting edge that are willing to do that they realize there's not another option out there those are the ones that are seeing success and they are closing more business i've talked to multiple advisors that they're having their best year ever this year because of all the changes in the environment, the consumer demand is so high right now. We think that March and April, the consumer demand is gonna be amazing just based on the financial changes that are potentially going to happen, the, the ability of the vaccine to potentially open things back up and get people back to work. We think that the financial literacy is never gonna be more important than it will be in March, April, May, people are going to be hungry for their questions to be answered. Yeah, no, no question about it. We've seen a lot of advisors bring on new households during a pandemic. Who thought that that was going to be possible? But we just asked in December, you know, how many of you have brought on new households? And there's there, 50% have brought on more new households this year than last year. Digging deeper into that, it's like there's a lot of movement in the market right now. And if I am getting a new client as an advisor, that client probably came from someplace else, from another advisor. And so there's movement in the marketplace because the clients really want some maybe, and one of the things that we've seen with referrals and referrals are up right now because of this whole second opinion thing, like advisors have done second opinion conversations for a long time, but never has it worked better than it works today because people go, yeah, you know, I, I do need a second opinion. I'm not sure that my, that my portfolio is going to withstand another downturn of the market. I, I, you know, I just, I don't know. And they're, they're willing to investigate and talk to other financial advisors. And that proves to be good for the financial advisors that are willing to do some of these things and do some virtual prospecting, virtual meetings. Uh, LinkedIn is something else that we see that 
is really working still. Not just LinkedIn putting things out on LinkedIn, but LinkedIn actually as a prospecting strategy because you've got your whole database there. And what we've seen is, you know, you have a good call to action on LinkedIn, which might be inviting them to a webinar or some kind of an interesting meeting or, you know, to download a report or something like that. And we've seen success in advisors just simply from LinkedIn being able to bring on more new clients. And I think that that's different. I mean, it what we saw is that it was always a possibility before, but now we've limited the ways that we can prospect for advisor or for clients. LinkedIn has been something that's really stood out as well. It came out in our survey, continues to be something that that really works. Well, I think if nothing else, 2020 has pushed the financial industry to evolve faster than it has in the last decade. One of the things that advisors really need to get on board with, and we see the same trends that you're seeing, you know, when you're talking about LinkedIn is social media is going to be a necessity. You can't rely on having a website anymore. You know, prospects are going to stalk you on LinkedIn. Exactly. They're going to stalk you on LinkedIn and see if you're credible and if they want to do business with you. You know, just like you can do outreach, so do your prospects. They're going to look for you. And if you don't have a robust LinkedIn presence that has great content on it and you look like a professional, you know, it's not the selfie car video or selfie car shot that (laughs) is your profile pic, right? You have to make that stuff look good, but you have to do it in such a way that, you know, you're warm, you're inviting, you show your personality and advisors for so long stayed away from social media just because of the industry tells them not to. They say, hey, stay stay the heck off that stuff. Stay stay away, compliance issues and all that kind of headaches. And and there's absolutely solutions out there now that, that check a bunch of boxes for compliance. So advisors need to adapt to that. And, and I couldn't agree with you more. And one interesting thing you said is that many of the households your, your top advisors were bringing on were already with another advisor and that they were somebody else's client. And what that immediately brought to my mind is that if you're an advisor and you're not willing to meet your clients virtually, you're not willing to meet those new affluent prospects virtually, someone else will. They'll get the information somewhere. They're out there searching. They're out there looking for webinars. They're out there looking for that information. And if you don't want to teach them, educate them, make them feel warm, fuzzy, and safe. The advisor down the street who is willing to adapt, he will or she will, and that's where they're going to go. I think that the advisors that that take advantage of that are the ones that are really winning right now. I mean, we, we asked in our in our latest survey, if you did anything different in this past quarantine, social distancing time in your practice to improve it. And one of the things that we found, which I found surprising, was that only 14% said that they were improving their marketing. That's something that shocked me because we are hearing from lots of advisors who are wanting to improve their marketing. But I think it's, you know, it's a small, it's still a very small segment of the population of financial advisors who are taking advantage of this situation. We asked other things like, are you increasing your client communications? Yeah, 30%, 40% are doing that. Are they improving the way that they serve clients? 25% said that they were. But the thing of it is, is that. I think this was such a great time to be able to do some of that. Those that really decided that they they needed to take advantage of what was happening right now did it and are winning. Wow. 14% improved their marketing. That 
blows my mind. At this point, you have to adapt. I mean, you there's not even a question anymore. Like you were saying earlier, even next year, if it's the vaccine works great, everybody gets it. There's this bell that's been rung that has changed this industry forever. And there's no going back. You have to, you have to improve your marketing. At White Glove, we've just in the last 18 months, we've tested 90 different topics. We've updated and changed our marketing at every chance we can to see what's going to work, what's going to resonate with the consumers. We're rolling out probably six or seven brand new services in 2021 that we're very excited about because we know that you you have to adapt in this industry and that consumer interest is so high right now. Besides webinars and meeting virtually, what else do you think out of that survey would be just gold? What are your top advisors doing? You know, probably consistently, there's some sort of message that you you picked up out of there that, hey, all the top guys are doing this and all the bottom guys aren't doing this. We, we asked the question, what marketing strategies are you employing right now? And that's an interesting question. But a more interesting question is, of those marketing strategies, which have produced new clients? And when we asked the question that way, it was referrals without asking is number one. And that I think will always be the case. Number two is asking for referrals from clients and strategic alliances. Number three is email campaigns. Four is virtual educational seminars. And five is LinkedIn prospecting. But then when we parsed off the top producers, the top producers are doing uh, not only the, the those four things, but they're also doing Facebook prospecting. They're doing direct mail and email, which I thought was interesting because direct mail is something that I, th- I didn't think advisors were doing anymore, but they apparently are. Social media advertising, Google AdWords. I mean, they're getting it mixing in a, a bunch of different kinds of marketing strategies. And again, this is not what they're doing. It's what they're doing that's actually producing new clients. And so the difference with the top producers is Facebook is, you know, different kinds of social media advertising, Google AdWords, direct mail, things like that. In addition to the other four, they're trying more things, which is probably why they're having, you know, more success. I love that you asked both questions. What are you doing for marketing? And then, oh, by the way, what are you doing that's actually bringing in new clients? And I think that's something that a lot of advisors, you, they rely on their gut, they rely on their instincts. Hey, I'm doing this because it's always worked, or I think this is going to work. So that's where I'm going to put my efforts and energy. And one thing that oftentimes when we talk to advisors that they're just historically bad at and I'm a natural salesperson as well, so I'm historically bad at this too, is tracking the data of what is working, what is converting. Wait, you know, if you're spending $10, what is your ROI on that? But advisors for so often have said, you know what, I'll just do another seminar. I'll just do another dinner. I'll just do another dinner. And they just keep filling the top of the funnel without paying attention to whether or not it's working. Two sets of questions there. It's very interesting to me. What are you doing? And okay, by the way, what are you doing that's actually working? Right. Right. Because a lot of times, you know, you might send out emails to your clients and prospects and you might be on social media and you might be on actively trying to connect with people on LinkedIn or something, but is it actually producing new clients? That's one of the things that I think is advisors are sort of changing to right now, at least the ones that I'm talking to, is they're starting to believe that virtual seminars, uh, virtual client appreciation events, virtual prospect meetings, all can be successful in addition to 
oh yeah, social media, which you mentioned before, the, the industry has said, don't, don't do this for so long, or they've restricted. But now it's, there, there's a lot of options for financial advisors to get involved in a meaningful way with social media. And meaningful means, you know, are you actually generating referrals and clients? Totally agree. And something we talk a lot about at White Glove is captive marketing. You know, the idea that you can have so much credibility that it inspires prospects or people to find you to actually take action, reach out, make a phone call, you know, book a meeting with you and and using all of those different channels, right? Using social media in the correct fashion, maybe being a, a, a guest on a podcast or, you know, doing an educational seminar, webinar, but doing all of those very with a thought out plan so that they build on each other so that your credibility is always being built. Your It's not necessarily brand awareness, but it, it's more that when someone meets you, they understand that, hey, this is a credible professional that I can ask my questions to. Because I think now more than ever, or especially this year, consumers just want to feel that everything's going to be okay. And that's always kind of the message that financial advisors thrive on if they if they speak to. But this year, I think that resonates just so much deeper with prospects that, you know what, things will be okay. And this is why. And by the way, I'm credible because of X, Y, and Z. You saw me on Facebook. I had a nice page. You saw me on LinkedIn. You, you were able to find my office because I popped up in the, the Google three pack and all those things working together. Just keep those virtual meetings coming in the front door, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the, you know, the virtual prospecting is something that once you start to generate those leads, now you've got to figure out how to get better at actually closing those virtual prospect meetings. And one of the things that we've that we've seen that you have to do a little bit differently is to share more expectations about what this is going to be like to maybe have an agenda that you give to the client or prospect in advance. Uh, the meeting needs to be shorter and the visuals need to be more. So there has to be this interaction. And what I say to advisors is if they say, well, I, I don't know that I have to do all that. I mean, I'm just going in, we're doing the meeting. I said, think about the last time that you attended a webinar. I said, how much did you actually pay attention? Or were you doing your emails? Did you get up and go get something to eat? I mean, and kind of you're a little laughter, like, well, maybe, yes. Well, that's what it's not exactly what your prospects are doing if you're looking right at them, but you've got to be able to connect with them because their instinct is, I'm just going to take a look at my emails for a second here, or I'm going to do something else, or I'm going to put you on mute for a little bit or whatever it might be. We have to interact in a different way. The thing that also happens with, with prospect meetings is we lose the ability to have that. I'm reading someone's body language when I am when I'm talking to them. And that's, I think, one of the reasons that advisors really like to be face-to-face because you can read their body language and you can react to that. And it's a little bit different when you just see a big face or maybe a black screen on your video. So how do you deal with that? And I think it's, you've got to ask more questions. You've, you've got to be more interactive to let them sort of feel like they were really involved in this meeting because otherwise it's so easy to get up and go get something to drink. You know, so you've got to do things differently. And I, I've recognized that as well, because, you know, I used to speak all over and now 
I speak to a computer most of the time. Every week I'm doing some kind of an event or sales meeting or something. And it's very different. And I had to I had to learn a lot of things really quickly about how to speak into your computer. It's a learning experience, I think, for all of us. I could not agree more. What's interesting is that your brain can process audio four to five times the speed a normal person talks. The way I like to think about that is how often do you as an individual sit at home, flip on Netflix, and then you're watching TV while you're playing on your phone, scrolling through Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever, or checking emails, and you're doing both at the same time, but then you expect a prospect to sit through a meeting or a webinar and only listen to you speak. They're going to get bored or their brain has just that extra capacity where, oh, I can check that email. I can do this. I can do this. And you're still just kind of paying attention. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. You have to keep those meetings very interactive. You have to you drive that focus to, hey, I have to engage because if you're just speaking to them, their brain has extra capacity to do other things and they're going to. And you know what? That little uh, that phone, that tablet in your hand, that's that will grab your attention away from anything you're doing if your brain has any extra capacity just to say, hey, you know what, what's going on on Facebook right now? What's going on on you know, LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever? So you have to just try to absorb all the brain capacity you possibly can out of your prospects. And you're right, images, videos, have that screen be moving, you know, interact with them, ask questions. And it, you absolutely have to adapt if you're going to do those first meetings virtually. It's so true. And I, I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because talking about watching TV and having a second screen up, which is a little different than having a webinar and having a second screen up, but it's, I mean, that, that's what people are doing. But just as a complete aside, I'm a big Green Bay Packers fan. And the only time that I do not have a second screen in my hand is when I'm watching a Packers game. That's the only time that I go completely no second screen, only watching <laughs> well, only you, watching the TV. You know, we're, we're in Detroit here. So you probably were able to watch a, a second thing when they were playing the Lions though, right? I mean, there, were, there probably wasn't glued to the edge of your seat for <laughs> during that hey, listen, game. Listen, that, <laughs> that game was closer than, uh, than I thought it was going to be. That that's for sure. So yes, I was paying very much attention and there was no second screen. The only time when I watch TV, movies, whatever it is, I always have a second screen. As we're talking, I have I have three screens for my computer and I have a phone that sits up just, just off to the side there. So I actually have four screens going right now that I use all day long when I'm doing these things. Yeah, Mary Beth, thank you. There's so much gold in our little topics here today that we went into the survey and all the research that you've done. Uh, if there's if there's one final thing for advisors that they you know what we're planning for 2021, what do they need to focus on to see success? Well, I think what they have to be able to do is to replace the feeling that people got when they were face to face with them. So when you're face to face with your advisor, you you recognize how much you love that advisor and how much they've helped you and how much they've helped to change your life and put it on a, a different trajectory. I mean, there's hardly any careers that make as much change in a person's life as a financial advisor does. But that feeling 
almost always happens when you're face to face with them. And so that's not happening. And one of the things that we found in our surveys is advisors would rather be on the phone with an with the client than be on a video call with a client. And I think it's important as, as we move through 2021 to realize like if you want your referrals to continue coming in at the clip that it has come in, that you've gotta, you, you've gotta get face-to-face -face with your clients. And if you can't get face-to-face -face in person, the only way that you can replicate that is to be on a video call and sort of insist that you do a video call so that you can see them and they can see you. And it really makes a big difference. I, I think that's one of the, you know, in addition to everything else that we talked about, I think we just can't forget about the fact that clients want to refer business to their financial advisor, but they do it when they get that feeling. And that feeling comes from a lot of face-to-face -face and just remind them of all the things you're doing, but being able to be on video is uh, uh, is is one step closer to being back to being face to face. And it really is a relationship business. At the end of the day, it's a relationship business, and it's so much easier to connect to someone when you can see their face. You can see that smile. You talk. You laugh. You joke. You you get back to business. Virtual meetings are an absolute wonderful tool that I I have no I had no idea coming into this year how impactful they could be. And it's funny if you think about it, when the last time you were on a conference call was and probably February for me, because they've all been replaced by Zoom calls now because people see that interaction and you get to see people and you know that's part of that Zoom fatigue. But the fact that you can see someone and talk to them anywhere they're at in the world. It's such a powerful tool. Thank you very much for being on today, Mary Beth. Pleasure as always. I'm sure we're going to do lots of fun things together in 2021, but this was absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. Brad Swinehart of White Glove and Dr. Mary Beth Kosmeski, thank you for all those great insights into success in our new virtual world. Now make sure you are the first to know when a new episode of Brad's Be Advised Leading with Value podcast is available. All you have to do is subscribe to this podcast with the subscribe button on this page. And of course, you can share with friends and colleagues using the share button. Thank you for listening to Be Advised, Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Mike Glove. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.